Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we are going to be recapping the weekend that was in Georgia football recruiting. It obviously never stops. The, the grind of recruiting doesn't, and it was a star-studded event this weekend in Athens. Everybody from Arch Manning, as people know, that we'll get to uh, Tony Mitchell, was there tomorrow and Parker a lot of these guys that are priority targets for Georgia uh so we'll get into all that but first uh Trent Jed how's every how's everything going you know you got surprise commits on a Monday and you <laughs> surprise know, commits it's, that, that's it's always like good it's that's how it is that's always good. Uh, Antoine Jackson, a 2024 defensive back, commits out of uh, nowhere, so to speak. A very fast developing relationship um, between him and Georgia. He got offered in late February, only a 2024 guy, but uh, with Fran Brown in the fold now and him being the, the first guy who really made that connection with Antoine uh, at Rutgers, that kind of followed over Trent, and uh, I think that's something you're going to see more and more with the connections that guys like Fran Brown and and uh, Brian McClendon have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those are two, you know, more well-known names, and uh, and as they get to know uh, all these kids, as you know, McClendon knows most of these kids, but as Fran Brown gets adjusted, you know, coaching in the Southeast, I think he's going to do a great job, and, uh, and you know, I. This will be one, you know, Miami. Miami's right there uh, with Antoine, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, how how this one shakes up in the next two years. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's a, it's a big commit for the twenty four class. Yeah, a lot of time and a lot of nil to go before you before you get to get to signing day for sure. So uh, that's uh, that's always a, that's always a factor in play now. But did uh, you know speak to Antoine and he he said that immediately when Fran Brown got to Georgia, that's something that, that popped up onto his radar. And it, and once he went on that visit on March 3rd, which was only a couple of weeks after they offered him, he knew Georgia was the place to go. And he was just waiting on a time to, to come back. And he did the verbal commitment on Saturday. He told our rivals uh, correspondent, uh, Ryan Wright, that he, he verbal committed uh, on Saturday, went home on Sunday, talked things over with his mom, uh, came back and then decided to, make the announcement today so uh that is the lone 2024 commit at this point in georgia's uh class he's the first one in that in that class of 2024 but obviously there's some other guys that are really uh really getting close when you talk about that that class uh jed you know king joseph edwards from buford uh 2024 edge defender slash athlete He's made no bones about how much he loves uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe and the University of Georgia. Yeah, you know, he came on that visit after the uh, after the Under Armour camp that we saw him at Trent, and you know, went to a basketball game and decided to come back for another visit. Believe it or not, and um, he saw Coach Uzo Deribe in action and practice, saw the energy he brings, saw him coach up those guys, and he definitely seems like one of those guys at twenty four, like you said, Blaine, that Georgia is in a really good position for him. Um, you know, in really good position with Sammy Brown. We've talked about him a lot. Uh, Walt Claire Flynn's another guy. Nye Carr, who I spoke with um, over the weekend, a receiver from um, from Moultrie, uh, Colquitt County down there. I, think, I believe he's number number nine receiver in the class right now. Loves Brian McClendon, saw him. So it, it's we're getting to that time where the calendar starts, starts flipping and the, these 24 guys start coming more and more into focus. And remember last summer there was already, what, five or six commits in that 23 class last summer. So um, definitely some some names to keep an eye on going forward. Trent, uh, King Joseph Edwards also has uh, two teammates right in your backyard there that might might not uh, be be too too hard to persuade to come to Athens as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I get, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to Isaiah Bolden and uh, yeah, 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 K, or KJ, but KJ Bolden I mean, and then uh, sorry, Edric KJ. Edric Houston as well. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, KJ is a uh, man. I, I love KJ's game. I mean, like we talked about, I think it was last week. Uh, at all the Division One players on Buford's team, KJ was probably uh, the best one of the bunch, even this year. So, uh, you know, KJ, KJ will be a, uh, a big target for for Georgia. Um, you, you saw, you said King Henry saw a basketball game. Um, he, I guess he had to come back after that. That wasn't uh, probably a good visit there. Yeah, yeah. The bat, the basketball <laughs> game probably left a lot to be desired for King Joseph Edwards. Uh, but uh, actually, I think that was the, I think that was 
the Auburn game that Georgia almost upset them. Oh, yeah. uh, upset them. So actually, a good show in there. So I think that's when that that one was. I'm not positive. Uh, it was either that one or the Tennessee game that they got absolutely slaughtered in. So uh, you know who knows who knows what that. But uh, for for Georgia fans' sakes, uh, you know the the Tom Crean era is gone in basketball. It's all about uh, Mike White now. So we'll see uh, how he does recruiting. Maybe we can get some bas- we can, Maybe we can get our uh, man Dan on here and do some basketball uh, recruiting before too long because uh, he'll have to lead that one. I don't I don't follow much of the round ball in GHSA, but. Uh, you know, th- th- so 2024 has some momentum, guys. But as we said, you know, the big visitors this weekend, Arch Manning in town, uh, it kind of that's the starting point of all this because there's guys not only in the 2023 class, but the classes beyond that are curious as to where Arch Manning is going to land because guys want to play with someone that they view and respect, they view as a, as a, a, game-changing, program-changing talent and uh, someone that they respect. He has a lot of peers in the recruiting game. So um, just overall observations, I guess, on Arch Manning's visit before we touch on some of the other guys. Like you said, I mean, you posted it this morning, Blaine. It went about as well as as Georgia could have hoped. I mean, you get him back on campus. Um, he's obviously going to be back at some point for an official. And it's just getting back on campus, continuing to see more and more of – um, or build more and more, excuse me, of those relationships with the coaches. He got to see a lot of practice, I'm sure, which you wonder. I, I don't know exactly what, what the dates were on those other bits, Athens, outside from the game base, so you wonder how much he's actually seen them practice and see how the coaches work and all that kind of stuff. So every visit back, you know, it continues to build more and more, um, you know, the just the job that Jordan's done recruiting him so far. I'm sure he got the opportunity, you know, with Mike Bobo too. So uh, my, this is probably Mike Bobo. I guess this is Mike Bobo's first time uh, – uh, since he's been on campus with Arch coming in on a visit. So you kind of uh, probably got to see how uh, he would be developed by a guy like uh, Bobo, who's, you know, uh, off the field analyst. And I'm, I'm sure the Manning family knows well too. So. Yeah. And, you know, don't forget the connections to, to Buster Faulkner there with Buster having had roots kind of in Mississippi with his time at Southern Mississippi and, and uh, has just done a really good job of, of kind of spearheading that that uh, recruitment, but you know, with uh, various reports, if you're if you're on the one reason you're on the vault, right, is not only the stuff that we get from from sources and share out, but also the community on the vault that uh, has eyes and ears around the town of Athens because uh, there was some there were some spottings of young Arch, uh, you know downtown this weekend and it appeared that the the town of Athens was uh, treating the young man quite well so that was one thing I think that that can't be overlooked with this Manning recruitment is that yes obviously nobody's gonna spurn any kind of um, opportunities when it comes to NIL and all that kind of stuff but when you're talking about the Manning family I think they really place uh, Trent. I think they really place a premium on that that college experience, and, and I think that was one thing that I had, you know, relayed to me that that's a big deal—the combination of the football, the academics, and the overall college experience. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that uh, you know the the nil is uh, uh, playing a major part. Uh, you know, as you know, Tennessee got a quarterback commitment today. Nil played a major part, but. With the man and family, it's a little different. You talk about college experience. You talk about uh, just just the overall the whole the whole experience with the football and everything. And, and I think another thing is uh, we talked about in the past the staff. Uh, just the he knows Kirby Smart's going to be there in four years. He knows uh, Nick Saban's going to be there in four years. And I'm not sure there's many schools that you can really uh, go into the, as far as that's going to be the case. It will, you know, with the Texas coach be there in four years, who knows, you know, the, the way they can they change things. So I think that's an important thing as well. Just having, uh, uh, just knowing that the top's always going to be there. And, uh, cause you, you don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, with offense coordinators or defense coordinators or, or guys under them could take other jobs, but you know that, Hey, that head coach is going to be there. So I think that's another important uh, thing in his, his recruitment. No doubt. I think it's, uh, it's the stability is a, is a big thing as well. And, you know, there's also, uh, we've heard today and we reported it on, on the vault that, um, it appears that there's some strong 
mutual interest between Alabama and Eli Holstein, who's a quarterback out of Louisiana that just decommitted from Texas A&M not too long ago. And that's just one more piece of the puzzle. If Holstein were to end up committing to Alabama, you say, you would have Nico, uh, I am Oliva at Tennessee, Alabama would have their 2023. And then it'd kind of be that Georgia uh, Texas battle there in the Arch Manning with maybe, you know, Florida or, or LSU trying to be an outside guy. But I feel like uh, Georgia is in very, very good position, as good position you as you could hope for with a recruitment that is so tight-lipped at this point. Um, Jed, you and I also, we went to the, the Charlotte Rivals uh, camp this weekend. Um, you know, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, high-profile uh, prospects no more so than, uh, you know, Jaden Davis, who I got a chance to talk to. But also up front, you saw the uh, the big man, uh, Cam Pringle, who's in the class of 2024, as we were talking about earlier. And, uh, you know, as as big as he is and moves really well, what what were your what, what was your takeaways from talking to Cam Pringle? Dude's huge. I mean, he on our profile that we have of him, he's listed at 310, 315. He measured in yesterday at 340. And uh, just a little over six seven, so obviously a massive guy projects as a tackle at that size. Um, he told me it's interesting because he has the, a connection with Eddie Gordon. They're both South Carolina guys. Eddie Gordon was actually his first offer came from Georgia. Eddie Gordon is who that offer came from, and then Stacy Searles offered him in North Carolina back in January, and made him a priority there. And then as soon as he took the job at Georgia, Stacy Searles is calling uh, Cam Pringle's high school coach and "Hey, we need Cam down here." Um, so Cam Pringle visited on Saturday, had about a thirty minute meeting with um. Stacy Searles and his wife in his office and basically, you know, reiterated, Hey, we want you here. We need you here. Stacy Searles laid out some of the guys he's put in the NFL. Um, so Georgia is obviously making Pringle one of their top, um, top priority in the 24 class. There's Daniel Calhoun. I think actually Daniel Calhoun and Pringle are, are one, two in the offensive tackle ranking. So um, a very good visit for a, a, a very, very, very Blaine, you were standing next to him when I was talking to him, a very, very big dude. Yeah, he's he's just it's overwhelming how big a guy like Cam Pringle is, especially uh, just going into his junior year. Another big guy that we saw was Jamal Jarrett. Uh, Trent, he was he was even bigger in person than than I had seen in pictures. Like this man, he looks like you know like a freezer in your in your garage or something. Like that's how big he is. It's uh, it's ridiculous. He, uh, Jed, what did he measure in? At? I think three uh, three fifty something. Three fifty three. Yeah, three hundred fifty three pounds. You've got to see, you know, uh, you've got to see Jamal in the past and stuff like that, Trent. You know, those big interior defensive guys are just hard to come by at that size. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the first you, you start thinking about big defense tackles, Jordan Davis uh, is a guy that that I guess you could compare him to. Uh, he he has a size, you know that. You know, I think a lot of teams have gone to more. I guess versatile defensive tackles or nose tackles or you know the 300, 300 pound guys, but you still need those guys. Uh, you still need those Jordan Davis top guys, which you know you see how athletic Jordan Davis is at three hundred fifty pounds or three hundred forty pounds. So Jamal Jarrett kind of fits that mold of of what George is looking for at nose tackle, and uh, he's he's also an athletic guy. He can. Uh, I'm not going to say he's a, is a, he's as athletic as Jordan Davis, but. I don't think Jordan Davis was as athletic as Jordan Davis as a senior in high school. Well, I think a what lot of, human being is? I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot went into that over the last four years development, and uh, he's he's taking care of his body and got his body right with with Davis. But uh, Jamal Jarrett, he, he's definitely one to watch in this twenty four class or twenty three class because uh, he's a uh, uh, I think he's going to be a good one. And Jamal Jarrett is visiting Georgia for the second time in a span of little over two months on March 26th, he announced today he'll be there. He was there for the national championship celebration and parade. Trent, you know, the guys that were there at that celebration were people that Georgia was really, really uh, prioritizing. Guys like Justice Haynes were there um, at, at seeing that. So having Jamal Jarrett there, that's a big deal. And then he's going to make a, make a return visit here. Also, uh, Xavier McLeod was there uh, as well. Jed, another big defensive uh defensive lineman in the class of 2023. So we saw some uh, guys that were already established. Um, we also saw some young guys in uh, Gus Gus Ritchie, a 2025 uh, defensive end edge guy. Jed, you and I were both kind of 
standing there and looking looking at this young man. One, I didn't realize he was 2025 because he looks like I mean he's got full like a Lincoln style beard going on here, and uh, he's just kind of he you, he's a bigger kid, but he's not. It's not like he's totally rocked up at this point. He's just a what I would consider a big kid, you know, like a, a big developed guy. He's 6'3", 225. Um, but, Jed, I didn't realize he was a 2025, and I didn't, uh, you know, just off first glance, I was like, is that uh, – I didn't know – I knew he was good, but he already has an offer from Georgia uh, mm-hmm. and is planning a visit soon. I mean, what were your thoughts just on seeing Gus Ritchie in person and how he looked? Yeah, it's funny because, like you said, we had our guys circled, Jamal Jarrett, Cam Pringle, that we were looking at, and then – this kid wearing 157 is winning rep after rep. He was one of the the top, you know, they had it. They called out several guys, you know, the, the best of the best on either side. He, he won those reps as well. And I was like, like you said, who is this kid? And I saw, saw his name on the, the sheet we had, realized I followed him on Twitter and saw the offer. So I spoke with him. Um, he said Georgia right now is recruiting him, not necessarily at a certain position, um, just kind of in general recruiter, they don't necessarily know kind of uh, what he's going to grow into, whether it be a defensive end, an edge. Like you said, he just finished his freshman year of high school. So uh, still plenty of time to grow there, but obviously very interested. Like you said, he's, he's planning a Georgia visit. He visited, I believe North Carolina and NC state not that long ago. So, um, you know, some of the the power programs up in the Carolinas getting in on it, but yeah, a very impressive guy, um, especially considering, like you said, how young he is. And then the final thing from the from the camp uh, that I wanted to talk about before we uh, touch on Antoine Jackson more in depth, and then we'll get into vault vault questions. But Jaden Davis, the class of twenty twenty four five star quarterback, everybody's been talking about Dylan Raola. Well, Jaden Davis is it fits the mold just as well with that five star. Uh, attribute there, Trent. He's a guy who he's listed as pro style, but he moves very fluidly. The ball came out of his hand uh, effortlessly. Uh, had a lot of zip on it. He won the MVP award for the quarterback. So uh, he said that he said that you know Clemson has made it well known that that they want him to be their guy, but at the same time, Clemson has not uh, offered him yet. Uh, with that weird style that Dabo does, who knows what all that's going on. Clemson hasn't offered him yet, but he's in regular communication with Todd Munkin, and uh, being a guy who's originally from the state of Georgia and now in South Carolina, uh, he's a guy that you got to w- look out for in that 2024 class at quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did y'all get a size on him while he was there? It, 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 I don't know if we got the official. He he was listed at six foot before, but he's definitely taller than six Absolutely. foot now. Yeah. yeah, I don't have I, my feet in front of me, but yeah, he's a he's a build. I mean, he's not a tall. There were some guys there yesterday. Blaine, you'd agree, he's a big, tall, lanky, uh, drinks water like myself. But he's he's a pretty built. You know, he's definitely taller than six foot. Um, and built. You know, he's a he's a good he's solid. He's a. You could have mistaken him for a safety. Okay? Yeah, like exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because you know a lot of times you see a six foot guy and they're five ten, uh, or you, you know you see uh, uh, it, very rarely do you see like a six foot where he's taller, but uh, that's that's a good thing. But you know I haven't seen him live before, but I've seen some film on him. That he is you know, like you said, he, he's a pass first guy, but he's extremely elusive. He can he can run in the open field, and he's kind of that guy that that Monk is looking for. You know they they went to uh, they went to more of the you know versatile type quarterback this year uh gunner stockton uh you know brock vandegrift fits that mold and uh, uh you know this davis wood as well you know he, he's a uh he's got a talented arm as well can make every pass on the field uh what what y'all think about his throwing yeah i thought i thought he threw a tight ball that the ball placement on the you know one of the the routes that'll tell you the most when a quarterback is throwing them is that is that flag route that that pylon corner route and if he can keep it on the outside and place it between the receiver and the sideline with lots of uh, lots of air under it where he doesn't have to throw it on on too much of a a line to try to force it in there he can lay it out there you know a quarterback's got a really good arm and Jaden Davis did that effortlessly great ball placement uh the you know good downward tilt uh, on that ball when it when it was coming down i i i thought he had a great arm and you know it uh it's no doubt, no reason, uh, no wonder that he's a five-star quarterback in the class of 2024. So speaking of the class of 2024, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and share the uh, highlights here of Georgia's newest commit, who is class of 2024 defensive back from Fort Lauderdale, 
Antoine Jackson. He committed today uh, to the uh, University of Georgia after Fran Brown um, started his recruitment at Rutgers and then it carried over. Um, but just, you know, we're going to watch a little bit of his film here. Trent, just kind of tell us what do you see out of this young um, defensive back uh, that has, you know, really made his way, uh, you know, to be a leader in this class of 2024 for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, he's – I haven't had a, had a chance to get sit down and, and just, you know, watch his film, but he's a he's a athletic guy. He's a um, – you know, he, he he looks very raw uh, from the little bit I've seen, but, you know, he's an athletic guy. He can he can play the man-to-man corner. Um, he's physical on the outside. He's a uh, – that's a good play. Um, he's getting a lot of. He's got a ball skills, man. He's yeah. he's a ball hawk. Is what it looks like here. So yeah, he definitely has every you know the traits right there. He's playing uh, bump man coverage, and the ball skills are there for sure. So yeah, yeah, I mean, just another corner that you know what Kirby's looking for. Put him on an island and and let him play you know man to man coverage. But you know they played a lot of zone this year, uh, more so than past years, and I think that was a lot of of must champ effect. But they're still gonna. Uh, Majority of the time, they're still going to put uh, a guy they can trust out there in the boundary and and, and match him up one on one and and say, "Hey, you lock down that side of the field, and then we'll take care of the rest." So, yeah, he's definitely a he's definitely got the ball skills right there. So, yeah, and he's so he's he's so long. You know, that's that's the thing about it too is these guys that even even if they're not too far over six foot, right, in terms of height. Jed, they're, they're looking for that that arm length. That's why you go to all these camps, they measure the arm span. And, and certainly, uh, you know, Antoine Jackson looks like a guy who uh, can, you know, scratches scratches knees without uh <laughs> without bending over you know what i'm saying he's got he's got strong uh long arms and definitely plays the ball well in the air so i think georgia's getting a a, a playmaker there in an antoine jackson class of 2024 yep <laughs> i mean it's i mean no it's like trent said uh, there's definitely a um a uh stereotype archetype whatever you want to call it when you look at the how the defensive back is creating these long rangy guys play the ball um, like you said, Trent, that can be put on an island and just and just go for it. Um, so we uh, admittedly didn't know uh, a whole lot about him and didn't really see this commitment coming um, at this point anyway. But it seems like Fran Brown's done a great job recruiting him, and it's it's like kind of like with Brian McClendon. It's going to be interesting to see how these guys, um, you know, make their um, their presence known on the recruiting trail, like especially in these twenty three and twenty four classes so far. Yeah, and they made they've they've made their impact, you know, talking about they've made their impact talking about these uh, new coaches, and I think that's something you're going to see continue on through in this in this thread. So, without further ado, let's get to some of our questions here. So, uh, Jed, go ahead and read our first one from Green Timber. There, yeah, from Green Timber. What's the O line board looking like? I know about Madden Sanker and TJ Shanahan, but what other home run guys are we in on in this cycle? Home run guys. I mean, Caden Proctor's one of the big guys uh, out of uh, Iowa, um, out of the Midwest there. That, and I know Iowa is a, is a big time um, lead for uh, for him right now. Many consider, but I know Georgia is working hard to try to get him down for um, for you know get him down on campus more. That'd be a big guy. Uh, Shamrod. Umarov, I believe, is how you pronounce that name uh, from from Denmark. Uh, but he was he was there this weekend, and Trent, that's a guy who um, you know I went and watched him against Grace, and he was raw, but any and he hadn't played a ton of football. But anytime you got a guy that is that got that kind of frame and those long arms at tackle, even if they haven't played a lot of football, it's worth extending that offer and kind of seeing how they develop. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, that's that. That's all the. It's all about development with offensive linemen. You want to get a guy that's got a ceiling on him, and uh, and 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 bring those, you know, the uh, the the length and the 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 light on the feet, you know, the, all the traits of a, a offensive tackle, and it's development. You know, that's why you don't see a lot of uh, true freshman offensive tackles because it's, they're more so development uh, developmental guys, and and uh, and get guys with a high ceiling in there, and and see what see what they do. So yeah, he definitely fits the mold. Uh, very raw. But has a high ceiling, has all the traits you want in offensive tackle, and and to get him in there, see if you can develop him. 
Uh, Jed, I know you've spoken to uh, Samson uh, Akunla. Uh, uh, Akunla, <laughs> I think is how you spell uh, pronounce that last name. Um, you know, what's the latest when you when you spoke to spoke to him? I know that's a big big prospect for him as well. Yeah, um, another guy. He's from uh, Connecticut or is up in or Connecticut or Massachusetts. I believe it's Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah, yeah Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, a guy that hadn't really had a ton of experience with Stacey Searles, like a lot of guys that we. That I at least reached out to um, when that hire was made. So look for him to maybe make another visit and see how things shape up there. Olaus Allenin, um, he is out of Connecticut, born and raised in Finland, playing in Connecticut now. He's another guy, got family ties to Georgia. His dad, you know, had a cup of coffee with the Falcons. He visited um, last week, had a had a meeting with Stacy Cereal, some in action, all that kind of stuff. So those are two more guys. Um, Francis Mawagoa, maybe. He's Georgia in his top. Uh, eight or whatever hadn't been like kind of like Caden Proctor. Georgia's involved. It seems like other schools might have the lead, but you you never know. But um, but yeah, those guys. And then you, you, we can't forget the recruiting job that Stacy Cyrils has in front of him and keeping uh, Bo Hewley and Marquez McEldry as well. I mean, those two guys are, are really good players, and um, he'll just as much as as trying to add these other guys, he'll be trying to keep them in the class as well. Yeah, and uh, also too guys like uh, Monroe Freeling, who are big guys, high upside. As well there, and another guy um, out of Don Bosco up in the New Jersey, Don Bosco Prep, which Fran Brown could have a uh, impact on this, is uh, Chase Bistantis. Okay, he's a he's a guy out of um, out of New Jersey. Like I said, six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds, can play guard or tackle. So those are some guys that you need to look at on the O line board. Also, Connor Liu is going to be coming to uh, Athens, I believe, tomorrow um that that he posted today so uh he's out of kennesaw mountain high school uh connor lou will be there as as well so um those are some o-linemen to be looking at in the class of 2023 all right our next one is from gmb 283 jed will nico iyama lieva still visit uga even though he just committed to tennessee I think there's eight million reasons as to why he will not visit Georgia uh, going forward. Uh, I think that's uh, pretty strong there. Uh, but I mean, who knows? He could always show up, you know, just for the heck of it. But I, Trent, I don't, I don't even know if Georgia would want him to visit. I don't, I don't think Georgia is going to come close to uh, a nil offer, anyways, for that. So I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, you, he could show up for a visit, but not many guys just show up from California and, unless they're interested in doing something uh, or interested, in, you know, that both parties are interested. I don't see Georgia pursuing further. Um, just just with all the facts around the recruitment and, and nothing, nothing, you know, that's illegal, but just uh, I, I don't see I don't see Georgia, but, uh, you know, pursuing further. And I think Georgia made it quite clear a while back that obviously they they had they they did their due diligence with Nico Amaliva and they they you know contacted him and went out there and visited and stuff like that. But they made it quite clear a while back that Arch Manning is the number one overall priority, and they're all in on it. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of I think Georgia has to like where they stand in terms of that. So don't see Nico making his way over there. I did want to piggyback that over on YouTube. We had a, uh, a comment from Shane Daniel. He says, if Georgia misses on Arch, who do they look at? So um, if if they miss on Arch Manning, I think a guy that you would have to look at um, is Christopher Vazinha, who's out of the Birmingham area that they've that they've uh, contacted and, and um, you know, wanting to get on campus and things like that. Also, Marcel Reed, uh, who has been, you know, recruited very heavily heavily by some of the the schools like uh like like tennis like well it was tennessee before nico i'm leaving but vanderbilt and stanford and some of these schools that uh you got to be really really smart uh, to get into he's an intelligent young man but he can also absolutely fly uh dylan lonegren is another one as well so those are some of the other options there uh all right jed one of your favorites here Mr. PA Dog, 6'10". In your opinion, who in the near future commits to UGA out of the 23 class? 
And when would that time frame be? I'm glad he's asking about the 23 class because clearly we had no idea when the first commit for the 24 <laughs> class was coming. So glad we're, yeah, glad that, we're focusing on the present, not the future. That was uh that that was there um that that came up pretty quickly there. But you know, Trent, I honestly think that it's gonna be a little while. It could be a little while with with some of these guys. I mean, obviously, as these visits come, people could just get blown away and and uh, absolutely just fall in love with with Georgia but I know some of the key guys like Justice Haynes and Arch Manning Arch Manning maybe you know summer at the at the earliest uh, mid mid to you know mid early to mid summer uh, May June at the earliest Justice Haynes could take his time uh, Madden Sanker seems to enjoy the recruitment game so I, some of these high profile uh, prospects I'm not sure if they're you know, ready to pull the trigger anytime soon. Yeah, and you talk about them, and then you you got to think about you know the defensive backs and the offensive line. They're adjusting to a new position coach. They're not just gonna you know just commit right out of nowhere unless they've had that prior relationship. And and some of them have, but they still want to get on campus and kind of see uh, view practice and, and stuff like that. And then they're also going to take some more visits. So I, I you know we we talked about last week. I think in June July would be a good uh, you know focal point of where we're looking at as far as uh you know a few commits coming down the trail you know georgia could have one before then uh you, you just never know when one's gonna have a, a good visit one's gonna pop on the visit or pop right after the visit similar to the way the 24 kid did today but um you know i i think a lot of the guys georgia are in on are, are, are big name recruits and you're gonna you're gonna see them wait till uh june july months before uh you take you know they're gonna take all their visits before you know announcing Jed, uh, you know, you and I have both talked to Tamar and Parker, and he's a guy who Alabama and Georgia are the top two there. He seems like a guy. He made another visit to Georgia this weekend, uh, really, really enjoyed his time there. He seems like a guy who, if there were someone to pull a trigger, you know, it's either going to be Georgia or Alabama. It's a 50-50 shot there, but I feel like uh, he's someone that could make a decision maybe sooner rather than later. Yeah, I uh, spoke with him last night. He said he's aiming for right around when um, his his uh, high school spring uh, schedule ends, which is right around the middle of May, uh, to commit. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. Like you mentioned, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State's trying to keep involved. Um, seems like Georgia leads, just speaking to, to people around Tamari and, and speaking to him himself. Seems like Georgia's uh, got the lead there, but obviously things could change. But um, but yeah, Trent, like you said, it's going to be a lot of, you know, the guys are going to take their visits in the spring and maybe take May to evaluate things. And yeah, it's going to be June, July before I think a lot of these guys, um, or maybe not even a lot of them, but some of these guys start to pull the trigger. You better watch out for Ohio state, you know, urban Myers on the nil committee up there. So yeah. Yeah. He's ruthless. He, he's going to be kicking money around. Hey, if you know what I'm saying? Here, here's a question I got for y'all. Uh, all these, all, all these top rated Alabama re recruits, you know, it's been a hard time getting them out of Alabama. How many go to Auburn? I know they got Braden Jorner. Out of these other ones, I'm not sure. I, I would say Georgia, Alabama, land more than Auburn do of the top rated. Absolutely, I, I remember. I, will, when, I mean, Tamarian Parker released his top, you know, eight or whatever, and Auburn wasn't even in it for a kid that's what hour from campus. And then I was looking at the Auburn message board because, you know, what what's more entertaining than that? And there was people on their board saying that Auburn didn't even make an in home or not a, a school visit with him until the last day of the January contact period, which is. For, for for a kid that close, I mean that'd be like Kirby not making a visit to a kid and not not visiting Sammy Brown at Jefferson. You know, it's the last day. I mean that's that's borderline uh, malpractice for for Brian Harson and company over there. Yeah, it's a, it is for sure. Um, I mean, when you're talking when you're talking about guys uh, in the state of Alabama. Uh, you have Quay Rusal, Jaquavius Rusal, and James Smith, who both are in that Georgia Alabama mix, like you like you said there, Trent. But I know on a few of those, uh, what resources the Auburn Collective has, uh, that's a pitch that's being made at some of these really really top end guys like that. So you may it may be a deal where you don't see as many numbers go to Auburn. But you may see Auburn pop up in one or two really big recruitments uh, this upcoming because you know 
you can go you can push the chips all in once or twice but that's <laughs> that's about that's about it uh you know when it when it comes to to the nil and the collectives and you know they got jimmy rain and they got jimmy rain and tim cook and all that over there so uh who knows who knows what's going to happen with that but i would say auburn and florida are kind of in the same boat there although florida i think has a lot more momentum uh on the on the trail right now and is really uh you know the billy napier move is still fresh and and uh i think people are just happy that you know urban meyer's wife's not over there you know kissing them when they come in so uh that's kind of that's kind of how that goes uh but so you know i think that is an interesting point georgia's class of 2023 will be determined by how well uh they by how well they recruit the state of alabama in my opinion because there's a bunch of top prospects over there all right uh scuffle town funny story about scuffle town he's one of our most loyal questioners and he said today you know boys this it's hell when you get older right at 70 years old he thought he hit the he thought he hit the reply button last week <laughs> he didn't so we never got his question but uh he, he doubled up on us this week to, to kind of make up for it so scuffle town we appreciate we appreciate you man uh don't worry i i forget to hit reply too so it's not it's not just you on, on stuff as well but is hartley actively recruiting deuce robinson uh, is our first question here, Trent? I I don't know if Deuce Robinson ever even sees college football. He's he's pretty pretty good on the on the diamond as well. Yeah, but I can guarantee that Hartley's recruiting Deuce Robinson. Uh, uh, he he might not ever see that I'm. You know, when I say recruiting, I, I'm just strictly talking on a relationship basis. I'm I'm sure there's a relationship there. I'm sure he's keeping in touch, and I'm sure there he's, uh, that Hartley's reaching out because you see how good of a recruiter Hartley is on the trail. Now, with that said, you, yes, Deuce Robinson is very good at baseball, and I, I'm not sure he ever he ever plays college football, um, but but I do think there's a relationship there. Yeah, I mean, I, you would have to keep tabs on a guy like that for sure. Um, and then also, uh, Scuffleton says seems to be more excitement with McClendon as the wide receivers coach. Uh, who do you think we might get, Jed? Um, in this class of 2023, with with receivers. Uh, I know there's been some some big ones, you know, come through and some kind of come into the focus. Guys like Jalen Hale, uh, of course, you know, uh, Brandon Ennis. But is there any guys that that jump off that uh, jump off at you right now that you think, well, you know, Georgia's uh, Georgia's got a got a real shot, or is that one of the more wide open positions in this class? Yeah, it's it's pretty wide wide open just because there's so many guys that have had a relationship with McClendon before, obviously in his days early, like Kyler Casper. Kyler Casper is a guy that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense for Georgia otherwise being out of Arizona, but he's got that relationship with McClendon from Oregon. So I'm um, guys like that. There's Santana Fleming, obviously out of the Miami area. There's um, Jalen Brown. Williams. There. Hakeem Williams. Yeah. It was, uh, we, we think might be on campus this weekend. Um, there's a Darius Resmond out of, uh, I believe, Nashville. Out of, out of Powell, right outside oh, okay. of Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, he's where Walter Nolan came from. Okay, so guys like that, um, it's going to be – obviously there's the big names like the Brandon Ennises, and I don't – I don't know. I, I just don't think there was that little surge of – I don't even know if you'd call it momentum when uh, Brian McClendon got hired with Ennis, but there's a lot of schools involved there. Nothing's impossible, um, but I think – it's gonna at that Brandon Ennis might be tough, but there's definitely gonna be some talented guys that end up in this class. I think I'll have a story on Bryson Rogers coming out later this week. He's from uh, Zephyr Hills, uh, Florida, which uh, Wiregrass Ranch High School. Um, he's a four star receiver, but actually, I was one reason our show is at 8 35. I was supposed to have a call uh, with um, Bryson Rogers tonight at eight o'clock. To to kind of you know just get an interview with him and stuff like that. So we we get on the call, start going, and lo and behold, he gets a FaceTime from uh, Brian McClendon. So uh, obviously, I got hung up on, and and that <laughs> gets uh, taken care of there. So uh, Bryson's a guy who recently visited Georgia, uh, and Brian McClendon is very very uh, interested in him. He's you know in that in that six two six three range, more of a wiry type guy. Um, can really can can really track the ball well as strong hands. So Bryson Rogers, a guy that you need to need to look out for. And like I said, we'll have something coming up on him later this week. 
at ugasports.com. So make sure you are subscribed and all that. And speaking of subscribing, before we get to our next uh, question here, make sure to go ahead and do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. The amount of subscribers and the growth we've seen on the YouTube channel uh, since, you know, November, December, January, all the way on through has been tremendous. We appreciate you guys. It's, it's, uh, it means it means a lot to us, helps us out. So go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it there. Um, but let's go ahead. It wouldn't be a um it wouldn't be a rumors versus facts show if we didn't have a question uh, from Pine Tree here, Jed. Yeah. Do you expect the recruiting class to be pretty quiet until late summer, then get hot with commits? Yeah, I think we kind of we kind of touched uh, on that a little bit. I think it's uh some guys that are wanting to wanting to obviously see that get their official visits in and, and and things like that but that Trent that that Arch Manning piece just like with Nico Iamaliva you know wherever if Arch were to go to Georgia which you know it looks like Georgia's got his an extremely good chance of landing Arch Manning if he were to go to Texas however that goes even if, he, if things revert course and he were to go to Alabama wherever Arch Manning goes feel like that's going to change the whole complexion of this recruiting recruiting class yeah you, you're waiting for that one ball to drop and 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 that affects not necessarily i mean maybe maybe some defenders on the uh, def- defensive side of the ball but you, you're looking at uh i guess office alignment um and you know some wide receivers uh, i think your tight ends are pretty much set in this class and you know you never know you hardly might uh, shock us with one more but uh even running backs what would you know, he's got relationship running backs, you know, one of, one of George's top targets. So I think uh, you're, you're waiting for that one ball to drop. I think you could see, you know, several others if, if Manning happens. And if it doesn't happen, I still think summer is is is, uh, is what we're looking at, you know, with, with, with multiple commits. But uh, I think if Arch Manning was to commit, you know, May, June, July, start seeing uh some guys commit soon after that Uh, i think i think a lot of people wait for that that big name commit in the class whether it be wide receiver but i think quarterbacks uh, obviously the most important position and uh and has the most uh, i guess they're more persuasive over others on the recruiting trail jed i think too not only you know in the 2023 class but if you get uh, Arch Manning to commit. I think you're going to see guys like uh, Jeremiah Smith and Zion Reagans and you know, Nye Carr, all these guys in the KJ 2024 Bolden. class. Yeah, yeah, KJ Bolden. I think they'll all be like, "Hey, sign me up. I'd like to like to be a part of that." You know, I think that could have that kind of impact as well. Absolutely. I mean, those are the guys. I mean, especially when you have DeBron Gatlin from in state yeah. too. When you have a year of separation like that, I mean, you're thinking if you're a 24 kid coming in the fall of 24, like I'd say in theory, Arch Manning will either have a year under experience as a true freshman or will be in line to be the starter probably um, that fall. So like you said, those kids are going to pay a whole lot of attention. Uh, this is just like guys last year paid attention to where, um, you know, the top quarterbacks in last year's class uh, ended up. So they're, uh, those guys are the – the magnets, the the Pied Pipers, whatever you want to call it, um, and Arch Manning is the uh, the Piedest of them all, I guess. <laughs> could no you doubt. imagine? Could you imagine a uh, quarterback battle next spring with a uh, uh, third year Brock Vandegrift, second year Gunnar Stockton, first year Arch Manning? You know, I've always said that we needed uh, a lot more quarterback content on this website, so I'm, uh, <laughs> that would be that would be great. I'd look forward to writing quarterback stories again. <laughs> what about this? What about this? What if after this spring, it's not Carson Beck that leaves? What if Carson Beck ends up staying and it's either Gunnar Stockton or Brock Vandergrift that leaves and in the first year, uh, you know, ASB after Stetson Bennett, you have uh, Carson Beck, Arch Manning, Gunnar Stockton there uh, competing out. So there could be a lot of, uh, or vice versa. I mean, it, it could be a lot of, a lot of options there, uh, but it's going to be intriguing for sure. If that, that it's were to more than happen. likely going to be a first year starter, no matter who it is. So oh, abs- yeah. absolutely. So a lot of, a uh, lot of possibilities there for the last few minutes here, we're going to take uh, five or six more minutes. If you are on YouTube, we're going to start taking your questions. Now we'll start with 
D. Howard here. He said, what are the chances Raylan Wilson uh, flips to us, or is he just taking visits? Jed, uh, have you talked to uh, Raylan Wilson uh, recently? I know he committed to, to Michigan uh, a while back. He's a guy that, that Georgia's definitely interested in. Has anybody uh, spoken to, to Raylan lately? I know that Georgia was in the top two for a reason, uh, but I'm not sure uh, if they were pushing as hard at Michigan as Michigan at the time. Yeah, Raylan's a young man that is very uh, cagey with the information he gives out. Uh, I did hear back from him. He, he visited this weekend. Um, he's from Tallahassee out of Lincoln High School. Coach Schumann, Glenn Schumann, went down there um, during the, the January contact period. So that kind of caught our attention a little bit because um, Raylan committed to Michigan in December. Um, and, yeah, he said he spent a lot of time with Coach Schumann on the visit, had a great time. So you never know. Like you said, it's, it's not really clear how much of a priority he was for Georgia at the time. Uh, but depending on how this inside linebacker board shakes out, you know, there's there's Raul Aguirre, there's C.J. Allen, uh, Troy Bowles, who was also in town this weekend. Um, you know, depending on how those guys shake out, how many guys they want to take, all that kind of stuff, he could definitely be a guy that Georgia pushes for. And I think if Georgia pushes for, he would um, definitely listen, given the relationship he's got with Glenn Schumann and, and Kirby Smart and all those guys. Trent, I think, too, uh, one thing that uh, we may not be talking about enough is here in early April, Georgia's recruiting is going to get a uh, just about three-day full nonstop commercial with the NFL draft, and especially at the linebacker position when you could have, no joke, three linebackers go in the first round uh, from the University of Georgia that has to be something that would play into the mind of a guy like a Raylan Wilson. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're going to, you know, I, I guess you, you had Roquan back in 18 and then you're, you're looking at, you know, maybe three in the first round this year. Uh, I think they're just waiting for that ball to drop. Schumann put that on his resume and, and, and start, you know, I guarantee he starts calling guys. Uh, Schumann will probably be sitting, you know, at the NFL draft uh, and, you know, just waiting to start call guys. I know Kirby will. So, uh, yeah, that would be something to put on their resume. I'm looking at the spring game as another uh, another big recruiting event uh, possibly with, uh, you know, the the first spring after winning the national championship, getting those guys on campus. I'm sure there will be some kind of presentation uh, with, with, you know, with the national champions. Uh, so, I think it's going to be, you know, a big spring uh, with, with the NFL draft, spring practice, just – uh, spring game and then going into June and July. That's why I think a lot of a lot of commits are going to start popping maybe into May, June, July months. You know, Trent, we started making the joke during the season. Uh, Kirby was flying the helicopter to whatever school was on national television. It seemed like for three weeks in a row. Well, he's going to be on national television up there uh, or out there in Vegas at the draft. I would imagine he's going to be there with so many of his guys. Uh, being represented or you know timing may not work out but uh, they would at the at the least be very smart to do what Sam Pittman did uh, when he was you know actually transitioning out to Arkansas and you know he had Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson get drafted in the first round uh, you know as his two offensive linemen that, that he coached taking videos of himself you know FaceTiming with those guys I mean it's a marketing opportunity for sure and it's something that I think Georgia will uh, take advantage of uh, for a solid two to three days of of draft action there. Got another question from uh, John Adams. It said, Overton, uh, will he be willing to attend a school without his big brother? I think, you know, he is there I, as we speak, I, I believe still on an official visit because he arrived late. I think he's uh, on an official visit as we speak, but I think that's a, a mute, mute point at, at, at this juncture. I, I do not see – LT Overton ended up at the University of Georgia. Mute boy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> second. Motion I think there's several schools willing to take his bread. I don't think Georgia's, uh, you know, Georgia's never been one of the, especially under Kirby. And I was different under Rick. You're talking about brothers and stuff like that and, and taking uh, package deals and stuff. Alexander, like the Alexander brothers. Uh, the, the Theus brothers, you know, all Ogle, that. Ogletree, Ogletree. Yeah. Alexander Ogletree. But I, yeah. I, I, Kirby's never been one to do that, and I don't think that's going to change now. Um, 
it's just the way Kirby operates. He, he he values all 85 scholarship players and he's not willing to to you know overstep that that relationship thing like with the uh with the uh combo deals. Oh no doubt, no doubt. We do have another question here from uh Pine Tree. Uh, that I didn't neglected to put on from the vault. Uh, Pine Tree one. What's the story with the recruitment of Malik Bryant? Is he a priority target? Um, I think that he's someone that George is definitely keeping an open line of communication with, but they're not at pushing as hard as as people like Florida State and Florida right now. And and uh, you know, I think he's he's got a little maybe not uh, as as big as some of the some of the edge guys uh, out there, you know, size wise and things like that. So not sure. Um, that I would I would call him a fringe priority target uh, for Georgia at, at this at this point in time. Definitely a lot of communication, but not so sure. But guys, uh, you know we we've talked about uh, Antoine Jackson committing in the class of 2024. We've talked about other 2024 guys that are heavily interested. Arch Manning's visit covered a lot of ground here tonight. Anything that y'all want to uh, leave the, the good folks with here? Stuff we got coming up or anything? Um, that just kind of comes to mind that maybe we didn't hit so far tonight before we sign off. Lots, lots of uh, interviews between guys that were there this weekend and guys playing that we talked to at the camp yesterday. And just, you know, if you're not a member of the vault, then I, I can't help you at this point. Just, just do it. Just do it. That's all I can say. Just do it. Yeah, you, 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 that way you won't miss out on like, you know, news on Sigma new parties and things like that that happened in uh <laughs> In, in Athens this weekend. So, Trent, you got anything for anybody, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, just April's going to be an exciting month just with with visits and spring game and uh, and all that stuff. Then May, you're hitting up the Atlanta Rivals camp. Uh, I think all of us will be there uh, yeah. if, if Jed's in town. I don't know what, what his plans are. But uh, <laughs> but but you we got a lot uh, coming up, and then – you know, then then you get into commit season, and uh, and then then we're get, then we're breaking into practice season. Then we're breaking into uh, the, you know, defending national championship season. So, a lot a lot coming forward in the next you know five or six months, and uh, especially over the next month with the, on the recruiting trail. I think this is a big month of evaluation, and, uh, and and a lot of these coaches will be out at spring games and and just evaluating this talent, and then we'll we'll see where uh, guys are falling on the pecking order. You know that. Not not the rivals two fifty necessarily, but the the coaches pecking order. We start you know kind of breaking that down a little bit. No doubt. So that is Georgia recruiting here on UGA Sports. Rumors versus facts. I am Blaine Gilmer for Jed May and Trent Smallwood. Make sure to subscribe, like, turn on notifications, all that good stuff, and we will catch you next Monday night.